What's going on, everybody? This is Ballers on Tap. I'm your host, Ekel, sitting here with the co-host. KK, what it is, what it do, what it ain't. Whatever that means. We got a good one here for you this week. Uh, we're going to talk about the Braves, of course. We had an interesting week last week going into this week. Of course, you know, we live broadcasted Acuna getting hit. So, of course, we're going to touch on that a little bit as we talk about the Braves this week. And last week, we went over the NFC, what we saw out of each division, what teams we thought were going to, you know, take control. So, this week, of course, we're going to jump into the AFC, do a little bit previewing of that. Again, we're only two weeks away from the NFL season. How many weeks away from college football? One week. Well, actually, there's some college games this Saturday. but College games this Saturday, but really, next week. Next, next yeah. week is the kickoff. No pun intended. Kickoff weekend for college football and... Like I say, KK has been telling us all along we actually have a good week one of college football as opposed to the crap we usually get. So looking forward to football officially starting next weekend with the NFL following after that. But, of course, this is Ballers on Tap. So, KK, tell the people what we got on tap today. All right, today from Devil's Backbone Brewing Company, we have the Gold Leaf Lager. It's a golden lager. So, <laughs> pretty self-explanatory. But uh, as far as presentation goes, bottle wrapped in kind of like a picture of a of the woods, kind of, and of course a golden leaf, looking kind of fall fall weather, which falls not too far around the corner. In my opinion, best time of the year, because that's when football starts picking up. And if you're from the south like us, it's not so freaking so hot. hot. <laughs> yeah. I actually go outside and not have to shower immediately afterwards. Alcohol by volume, looking at 4.5%. So, not our strongest. Might be one of our weakest, one, one actually. One of our weakest. Yeah, could be. But we're not here to look into that. We're just here to taste the beers. Yeah, exactly. Give, so. give our opinion on them. So, I'm trying to find... Devil's Backbone Brewing. It's a golden leaf lager. I know on the box it said it's supposed to uh, basically remind you of golden leaves falling <laughs> in from, from, in the fall time. Yeah, like I mean, kind of like you said. So I'm looking. They actually have some cool locations. I believe they're out of Virginia. But let me double seems check. Like, seems like quick. they would be. Seems like they would be. I think. They're somewhat affiliated with the Appalachian Trail because they had another beer called uh, Trail Angel. And on the Appalachian Trail, Trail Angel is uh, somebody who basically will bring food or drinks to the people Mm -hmm. hiking the trail. And it said that on the box. It kind of explained what that was. So even now on their website, I mean, they got various pictures of the Appalachian Trail so that's that's where they're from and yeah their base camp is out of Roseland Virginia so So you're right on the Virginia yeah so they're they're from Virginia Virginia Brewery East Coast some people will call it the South I don't think it's South but that is awesome so let's uh let's pop these open and try Devil's Backbone Golden Leaf Lager Smells good. 
It's not like a fruity smell or anything, but it smells like a good beer. Yeah, that's interesting. Hold up, I got. Yeah, <laughs> I got to try it again. That's weird. I, it's like a, yeah. I was. I can't put my my finger on anything as far like, as like what it tastes like. To be honest, it smells like just like any regular light beer, kind of like the one last week that Yingling we had that yeah. was just like Coors. That's kind of how this smells at first, but it doesn't taste like that at all. No, it ha- it has some. As far as compared to any light beer or the Golden we had last week, it has more bitterness to it. Yeah, it's got it some has bitterness little, to it. Yeah, it has some. I mean, it's not too bitter, but it has that. That's what I kind of get first first hand is it's kind of bitter. Yeah, but I, there's no like, even looking at the bottle, there's no description of a taste of what you should receive or but even just drinking it there's not much there's not much going on here yeah there's not much going on it's like it's a little flat I'm trying to think it's a it's a little flat beer like not flat in terms of flavor like the flavor doesn't pop out at you yeah i feel, I feel like it's just there there's nothing great about it but it doesn't taste bad either it's just kind of no that's just kind of there that's the thing. I could, I could drink this. Yeah, I, I really could like too. regularly. I mean, I could yeah. sit there and drink it. So the gold leaf lager, it is. It's a pale gold, light to medium bodied. Here it is with subtle, fresh, bready notes and a clean, crisp finish. So I think it's the the bready. I, I would say the bready notes. That's that's what we're tasting. That's that we just couldn't, you know, kind of put our finger on. It doesn't and, remind me of leaves falling, though. No, it's, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't remind me. Well, I don't know. It, it, I mean, I think it's supposed to be kind of a but it, it's German not, style. Yeah, it, it's just not supposed to be like a summer beer. It's supposed to, which they, it does accomplish that. It exactly. doesn't taste like something you can chill at by the pool and just drink. No, but yeah, I think that's that's what it is. It's the bready nose. I mean, it's definitely like a German style when you think of Oktoberfest type of beers. So the wheat lagers, and of course. We're here towards the end of August going into the store. I'm starting to see a lot more of the wheats yeah, and the Oktoberfest type mm-hmm. of beers coming on. So I think here in the next month and or two, we'll, we'll definitely be trying some more of those. Um, I mean, this is good, though. I think it's light enough that you could drink a, a couple and enjoy them. Yeah, the, the flavor is not good too to strong. Yeah. So like I said, it's a little bitter, but I think that's the like wheat. It's a, It's like a bitter wheat almost. And you just kind of team that up with a regular light beer, and that's what I'm I'm tasting. Yeah. So, how many uh, how many stars this one get? Um, stars. I can't remember what I gave Golden Pilsner last week. I think I gave it like a seven. I think we gave it like a six something. Yeah. I mean, this beer it tastes good. There's nothing wrong about it. Yeah. There's not. I would. I didn't go in. I didn't read something that said, "Oh, it's supposed to taste like strawberries." I didn't. And you taste it and it tastes like nothing. So I mean, as far as describing what what they got going on and actually achieving that and the taste, I give it a seven. Like it, it's not bad at all. I know our description of it is kind of like it's just kind of there, but it's not a bad beer. 
Yeah, it's not a bad beer. Like I said, that's I'm trying to describe it the best I can. I really do. It's a little bit bitter. It's a golden kind of light beer, German style. And that that's the best way I can describe it. Um Yeah, I'm pretty I'm pretty on point with a seven as well in terms of again, it's not necessarily is it my favorite beer yeah. when we're ranking these? It's is it doing what it's supposed to be doing? Um and I, I do think I think it tastes fine. I'm kind of excited now going into fall to try some more of the, the German style and the wheats and maybe we'll look back and see where this one stands mm-hmm. once we're three or four in on some other beers. Uh, again, this one's only four and a half percent. So definitely, I think this might, like you said, this is the weakest one we've had. Yeah. But it's still still a good beer. Um, if you're planning on drinking this to start to get a little buzz, maybe relax a little bit, you might need to, to drink a good bit. I would say drink all six. <laughs> drink, drink all six of them. But it's good. So, I mean, yeah, if you're if you're starting to get in the mood, I mean, football, like we just said, starts up here. To me, that always signals the beginning of fall. Uh, definitely check out Devil's Backbone Gold Leaf Lager. That being said, KK is going to break down this week in the Braves. All right, Braves. So last week when we filmed our show, we were in the middle of a four-game series with the Marlins. So we're playing the Marlins, four games. We sweep them. It's all fun and dandy. We're back in first place in the NL East. So then we had the Rockies coming into town for four games. I remember you asked me, like, what would you like to see it going on this weekend? I was like, you always wish for a 2-2 split in a four-game series. But when you're at home... You don't want that 3-1 series win. So what did the Braves do? We get swept in four <laughs> games. And I don't watching these games, I don't think I've ever been more mad. Because like we talked about this. We're past that stage of over oh, overachieving. Like yeah. now I'm all in. Like now I'm World Series or bust. Like granted, I don't think we will win get get that far, but th- like I'm all in. I, this is what I want to see. Like I know our team's good. I know what we can achieve. Well, Thursday night, we're winning 3-2. We give up the lead in the ninth. We end up losing. Friday night, I mean, we lose 11-5. We just get our butt whooped. Saturday night, we're leading the whole game. We're up 3-0. We give up three runs with two outs in the ninth inning. No man on with two outs. We end up giving up three runs that inning. End up losing the extra innings. Sunday, we just lose flat out 4-2. So, we were so high. I was so high on the Braves. We had just won five in a row. And then all of a sudden we get swept. We lose four. So I'm like, all right, we're going back on the road. We're headed up to Pittsburgh. Let's get back on track. Let's bounce back. This this is a Monday night against the Pittsburgh Pirates. Was a huge game in my opinion because you're going to see how this team responds. You just got swept, kind of brought down to earth a little bit. You're kind of feeling yourselves. But now how do you respond? So... We won Monday night, 1-0. Great pitching performance all around. And Tuesday night, last night, we also won 6-1. Kevin Gosman, one of the guys we traded for that wasn't a blockbuster trade, but he continues to produce. He's had four outings with us. He's allowed six runs in 27 innings. He's 3-1. and one. You can't beat that. He went eight innings last night. Didn't allow a run. So we're kind of... We're kind of feeling ourselves again. I know I am. We got a chance tonight, Wednesday night, to beat Pittsburgh again, go ahead with a sweep, which I would love. And now we currently have a two-game lead on the Phillies. 
So even minus that sweep of the Rockies, Phillies aren't winning right now. So we were able to stay somewhat, stay within a game, and now we're able to bounce back. And now I'm just looking for to continue this lead. I feel like that two game lead is the most we've <clears throat> breathing room we've had in a had in a minute. Yeah, because we'll get a game and then we lose a game, and then we'll get a half a game and then we lose another game. But right now, Phillies are playing the Nationals, which I do have some good news on the Nationals. I'll bring that back up in a second. So we're we're I'm Nat I'm a Nat fan, baby. Natitude. <laughs> I'm pulling for the Nats to continue to beat up on the Phillies a little Just bit. Just feels weird to say. Yeah. So back to the Nationals. It's now official. Nationals have given up. They are selling their players, whatnot. They've they put all their players on waivers, including Bryce Harper, but Bryce Harper made it through waivers. Which of course no one's going to trade for him anyway because he would request uh, your home, your whole farm, your whole AAA team pretty much, and you're not even guaranteed to get him at next year. So, but Daniel Murphy, their second baseman, he just came back from injury. He's hitting 350 right now. He was traded to the Chicago Cubs, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Matt Adams. What he was with us last year, old big country. He was traded as well to the St. Louis Cardinals, where that's where he came up from and his kind of hometown team. But so right now, man, I know we talked about last week, Nats, I still saw a run in them, but they've given up. They've thrown out the white flag. So now all we're worrying about is the Phillies. Really worried about ourselves first. If we take care of business, yeah. I think we'll yeah. be all right. But as long as our bullpen doesn't have any scares like last weekend, man, I think we'll be okay. Our offense is still somewhat clicking one uh one thing one area of concern i do see is ozzy Albies. he's he's struggling right now he's not the hitting a home run every pitch not what he was earlier yeah swinging at every, he's still swinging at every pitch but he's popping out it's almost like he's trying to hit home runs now trying to create that launch angle that everybody's talking about these days but hopefully we can get him to bounce back and we'll be all right so going ahead we just got to Continue to keep taking care of our business. Win the games you're supposed to win and just compete. That's all I ask for. And we should be able to make the playoffs. Yep. Because I, I really want to win the division. I don't want to play that one wild card that game. That wild card. Yeah, we don't want to happen. Yeah, you never yeah. want to be in the wild card game. So I know earlier when Phillies looked like they were up on us, we were saying, well, I mean, we'll take that wild card. But like you said, at this point, Go ahead and just win this division, finish it out strong. Yeah, and even if we slipped up and ended up making the wild card game, I mean, it's still a hell of a year. And who knows? I mean, we could get on a run and win that wild card game, then win a series, and you only have to win two series to make the World Series. Yeah, in baseball. So, but hey, man, season's almost over. With it, we're seventy and fifty-five. That's one hundred twenty-five games. So, thirty-seven games left. That's all we got to make it count. Yep. So we say we'll, we'll play play for October. And, yeah, play uh, for yeah. See what happens. So I mean, it's nice now. I mean, pretty much football season about to start off, and we still have meaningful baseball. Yeah, meaningful baseball games, and now we're scoreboard watching. I was like, oh man, how are the how are the Phillies doing tonight, or how are these wild card teams doing? Because we're in the hunt, and it feels good after what maybe four or five years since. Since Chibber retired, I will, had that. I will say, like you said, we're at the point where we're not just better than we expected. 
<clears throat> like this is how good we are as a team. I will say this late into the season, almost kind of either way, uh, anything other than like a catastrophic meltdown here in the last month, month and a half or whatever, anything other than that, I think you have to still look at it as a successful season. Yeah. You know, I mean, if we if we finish out the season steady, like you said, win the division, then of course it's a successful season. Maybe make that wild card game, still look at it as a success. I mean, I think either way, just getting there, and I'm, I'm not saying let's have that mentality. I'm saying at this point where it is this late in the season, this is just how good we are. It's it's a good season for the Braves where, like we said, I mean, coming in week one, we weren't supposed to be yeah. up here. Coming in before the season, I mean, we would have loved a 500 season. Yeah. That would have showed progress. But now we're 15 games above 500 with the chance to keep on building. So Exactly. We thought it was going to be Washington and then Phillies and – Maybe us yeah. right there. and Definitely overachieving. Yep. We're overachieving and Washington's underachieving, so we'll take it. And Philly's just doing Philly. I mean, yeah, you look at the Nats now. I mean, you're selling. You're probably going to lose Bryce Harper next year. So it's almost like that. their whole era just kind of yeah went down the drain. Fine with me. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So that's this week in the Braves uh, report. I'm going to call it the Braves report. The Braves report. All right. The Tomahawk report. <laughs> All right. This week in the Tomahawk report, KK finished it out. So let's go ahead. Want to cover at half of the AFC before we jump into the hangover of the week. So with that being said, let's go ahead and jump into the AFC. Okay. So let's give these predictions kind of break down teams of this AFC North real quickly. So AFC North, we got got some historic teams in there, right? We got the Steelers, the Ravens, the Bengals, and the Browns. So lots of recognizable names, heavy hitters in the league. First off, where do you want to start? Well, I got to start with the my prediction for the division winner, which I think it's pretty, pretty, uh, pretty clear that the Steelers are going to run away with this division. I'm, I'm, I think you can agree with that too. <laughs> yeah, I agree with. Uh, yeah, I agree with that. This this is a weird division in that, like I just said, there's some historical greatness to it. There's not a whole lot of greatness going on right now. Cur- currently, yeah. So I think I got Pittsburgh coming in pretty easy. I got Cincinnati coming in second. But I second as in like a seven and nine. Then I got the Ravens coming in at about a seven and nine. But here's my thing: I think Cleveland is going to be decent this year. I think they get six wins. I th- I think they get six wins. Dude. Is this team, man? You know they've won one game. Yeah, what like in the last, last two years? Yeah, and they're going to win six. I I think they win six. What? I think it's part of a culture why, change. Why that, are they winning six? What's the big difference? Well, I think their roster. Look at their receiving core. They got talented receivers, and they might get Des Bryant. But you know who has to get the ball to the receivers? Yeah, quarterback. But I like Tyrod Taylor. I think he's solid. And then he has to have protection around him. He does. I think their line will be okay. I know they lost Joe Thomas, but I think they'll be okay. I'm not saying, hey, they're going to make the playoffs. I'm saying I think they win. I think – I'll go on record. They will win at least five games. At least five games. Okay. And – 
I mean, yeah, that's not saying much, but for this organization, that oh, is no, that's, like that's leaps and bounds. I'll tell you their their main problem right now, they got Nick Chubb at third in the third depth string. chart. They need they need to fix that. Yeah. He might he might get some play. But he he's gonna get some play. <laughs> Come on now. All yeah, right. so I got them pulling so up the rear. You're going four. Steelers, Bengals, Ravens. Bengals and Ravens to me are interchangeable. Okay. I, I can agree with that. Um not gonna lie, there's not a whole lot of controversy here because I'm I'm pretty much going the same. Um, I got the Steelers up top, although I don't think I think they're definitely on that downslope. So Steelers are? I, yeah, I don't think they run away with the division like they like you're thinking. I think it, I, I think it's know. a little closer between one I, and I, two. I think I think Big Ben's got something for him. <laughs> I was reading an article today. You know, he's cut down, cut down weight. You know, he did. Keto, keto, oh, he for did. Real? Yeah, he cut out the carbs and sugars. Um, and according to reports of his teammates, whatever he said, he's in the weight room every day. That's one of the I mean, first that's ones, and that there. is a good sign. Well, yeah, it is good. I mean, maybe maybe he realized he's at that age when you're 26, 27, you don't really got to take care of yourself. Yeah. When you're getting up there, yeah, you know, Tom Brady's Mister TB12. Maybe Big Ben finally realized you got to take care of yourself a little bit yeah i i think they their offense is going to be lights out regardless yeah now i still have questions about their defense but they're getting better i think they can i think they can easily go to like 12 now, and 4 now going back again i i think Steelers do take it but i don't think it's as big a difference as you think um my thing that i'm hung up on is the the ravens Bengals two and three because yeah, the Bengals are good. And you got Andy Dalton back there who's just been Andy Dalton. <laughs> I think that's a good description. <laughs> I think Andy Dalton is the most Joe Flacco quarterback other than Joe Flacco. <laughs> like he's just there. Yeah. He he's there. He's gonna throw the ball around. He's gonna win you some games. Luckily for him, he's got AJ Green out there to, to get the ball too. But like I don't think they're great, but I think they're just solid enough to where they can they can win some games, but then you go to the Ravens and you got Joe Flacco back there who, like I said, I mean, he's just, he's going to do what he's going to do. He knows how to play the game. Um, I don't think he's ever been great. I think he won that Super Bowl and it elevated him to a level he's not really at. Yeah. And then he got that big contract and whatever, but Joe Flacco, he can still play the game. Uh, you got Willie Sneed up there as your top receiver. Michael Crabtree. So, I mean, he's got some options, too. Other than that, they don't have a whole lot. But I'm starting to think they might be better than the Bengals. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I mean, they're pretty much interchangeable for me. Um, Yeah, like you said, Joe Flacco is just bleh. He's just kind of there. Yeah. Um, I think it's only a matter of time before Lamar Jackson takes over that job. You just skipping over RG three? Yeah, I mean, I'm <laughs> fun playing. He, he, he's going to be a backup. Which, I mean, he's looked good this preseason, but I mean, it's, yeah, and I like Lamar Jackson, but yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I give. I mean, they're going to let him develop under Flacco. There, yeah. There's no rush. There's no no. If if Baltimore goes, I don't know, two and two and six, three and five, there's not going to be like, oh man, we got to turn this season around. Yeah, I think they kind of know it's we're pretty much 
turning things. No, I, I think this is a good fit for Lamar Jackson to kind of sit back, learn the game. Yeah. I, I did hear a stat today that before 2009, only two quarterbacks had ever started at 21. Who was that? Well, see, now I forget that if I didn't <laughs> include it in the stat. <laughs> I, was, I thought you were about to bring it, no, bring it um, to the table. But basically what I'm saying is, yeah, we got a bunch of young quarterbacks that came in this year, or I guess last year. I bet Johnny Football was one. Oh, well, this is, since, this is before 2009. Oh, before 2009. Yeah, 2009 and before. Oh. Only, there were only two quarterbacks that started at the age of 21. Oh, and you're saying now the trend is Now it's like, young get these young guys in there. Get okay, these young okay, guys okay. in there. Oh, we wasted a high draft pick I on this you. young quarterback. We got to give him the keys to the Ferrari in our franchise. But I think this is perfect for Lamar Jackson. There is no rush. I mean, mm-hmm. look at Jimmy Garoppolo. You sit back for two, three years, and then you kind of get to come in. You're, you're developed. There's a big difference being 24-25 versus being 21. Yeah. I Physically mean, and mentally. And the the model you base that off is look what happened Aaron Rodgers. He sat behind Brett Favre. Yeah, exactly. For years. So and then he just got his chance and took off. So I agree with you that I do think Lamar Jackson is the future. The big thing will be at what point do they ever let go of Joe Flacco? That's interesting cuz I think they've already held on to him too long. But it's hard to say Sayonara to your Super Bowl winning quarterback. Um, so I'm going probably Steelers, Ravens, then Baltimore, and then the Browns. Um, the Browns, I think, I agree with you, they've gotten better. That being said, I mean, Tyrod Taylor is all right. I do think Baker Mayfield sees some playing time this year. Yeah, I think he does. I don't know how good he'll be. I don't think he'll be that great. But I do think he sees playing time. I mean, the Browns, like like you said, they're they're coming along. I don't know if they win six games though. I mean, I would. I don't think anybody's rooting against the Browns because oh, yeah. no, nobody hates the Browns because they've never beaten your team. Like <laughs> you don't hate the Browns. Yeah. You you look forward to that game on the schedule because you know it's an easy win and you can walk away from the game at halftime and go get some more beers. Like, you don't have to sit there and watch the whole game. So, I, I do think they'll be better. I just don't think they're winning six games, though, after winning one in the last two years. I think I think four games for them is a, is a realistic number. Yeah, and that's still an improvement for them. Oh, yeah. So. That, I mean, that's, that's sad, but that is. so. And then, yeah, finally the Steelers. Like I said, I got them at number one just like you do. I don't think they're running away with it. But, yeah, their offense is going to be lights out. With I mean, you just look at that. I mean, that is a fantasy team. Just looking at that. Big Ben, Juju Smith-Schuster, Le'Veon Bell, Antonio Brown. Like, that's that's a Madden made-up squad right there. <laughs> so, <clears throat> you got your boy Villanueva. At left tackle, protecting Big Ben. Like, their their line's pretty solid. Got Pouncey, Villanueva. Yeah, they got a good line, too. Yeah, so Steelers, I mean, yeah, their offense is stacked. I don't think their their defense is as great as the historical Steelers defenses. I agree. So, it's kind of weird to say that. That, oh, Steelers' offense is going to be awesome. Their defense is, eh, whatever. 
But I think they're I think they have enough weapons on offense to kind of offset that. I mean, it kind of reminded me of the Falcons. Like they're so heavy on offense. Except the Falcons have spent the last couple of years putting together that defense. I think this is what the Steelers need to do going forward. But their division, I think, is pretty weak. Like as opposed to last week, we were talking about the NFC South, and each team can beat any team, and you never really know what you're going to get week in, week out. I think this one's pretty set. Like you know, Steelers are going to take it, and then you just work your way down from there. So that's the AFC North. Any. Any last thoughts on that division? I mean, that's your division. <laughs> I mean, as far as looking at the rest of the AFC, this is probably one of the most uh, clear division yeah, as far as cut winter. and dry. Yeah, pretty cut and dry. Pecking order. Yeah, so let's move on to AFC South. So, KK, starting out in the AFC South, who do you got? All right, AFC South. Looking at this division, man, it's – pretty even I feel like I mean I will say Jacksonville Jaguars are above these teams I picked them to win they were a game away from the Super Bowl last year I still don't have much faith in Blake Bortles which I don't think any, I don't even think his own teammates do no but that defense is something mean and serious now second Houston Texans they have Deshaun Watson who I just picked up in fantasy this past week he's my quarterback so I need him to have a good year so it's a toss-up for me, second place, Tennessee Titans and Houston Texans. Tennessee had a solid team last year. They made the playoffs as well. They ended up beating the Chiefs in the first round. Everybody was crazy about that. But So second place, I would have to give it to the Texans. Okay. If, if Deshaun stays healthy, I think Jalen Ramsey said it. <laughs> Remember, he went on that rant. He said, future MVP. Yeah. And I could see that in Deshaun just from the three or four games he gave us last year. I would put Houston second, Tennessee third, and the Colts with Andrew Lux back now. I think they'll be pretty good. I I don't want to say pretty good. I think they'll be decent. I think they'll be six, seven wins. This is a very strong division as far as parity, as far as being even. This is one of the divisions where each team will win their home game as far as when they play each other. So it can be very even, but I think the Jacksonville Jaguars do pull this one out. Houston second, Tennessee third, and the Colts fourth. Now, how big of a gap do you see between the Jaguars and the Texans? I could easily see Jacksonville going 11-5, and 10-6. But I also see the Texans going 9-7, and 10-6. I, I, I could definitely see two teams out of this division going to the playoffs. I can. Yeah. And that's kind of where I stand. Uh, I mean, obviously, the Jaguars – had a good year last year, but I just, man, I can't get over the whole Blake Bortles is running their team. Yeah. I mean, you just said it. Their their team, even even the guys in the locker room probably aren't super comfortable with Blake Bortles. I mean, man, that's, yeah, I just have no faith in Blake Bortles. Where, and maybe I shouldn't, but I really like Deshaun Watson. Like you said, we saw him a few games last year, um, got hurt, and Maybe I shouldn't be as high on him coming off an injury. But, man, the, the things I saw, I mean, I had high expectations for him coming out of college. Yeah. And what we saw last year, it looked like he was well-adjusted. It, it wasn't one of those. You'll have quarterbacks come in and look like they're really good, but, you know, 
defensive probably just haven't had a time to see them. Uh, Deshaun Watson looked like he he was reading defense as well. He was he looked hitting, like he looked yeah, like he belonged. He was hitting targets. He, you know, we I talk about those those windows get smaller in the NFL, and it looked like Deshaun Watson was was completely comfortable in that environment. So I'm hoping he comes out just like he did last year and looks the same. So I mean, you still got DeAndre Hopkins, you know, Sammy Coach. You got you got some. Will Fuller, Braxton Miller, like you have some some receivers out yeah, there. Yeah, he has a good receiving core to, to help him out. Uh, running backs are, are looking a little weak, to be honest. Um, but their defense, man, I mean their defense is is what it is. Yeah, I mean Houston, they year in year out they have a pretty good defense. But now, man, if JJ Watt can stay on the field, and that's, like, he, he's guaranteed to miss eight, nine, ten games a season. So that's when he gets hurt, it's like season end. That's injuries. the big thing, and. I did hear, I was listening to something, and they said there are reports that J.J. Watt knows this year is a big year for him in terms of really just setting his legacy. Because three, four years ago, J.J. Watt was a monster, I mean, and everybody knew he was the best. Yeah, He was considered the best player in the NFL yeah, all then, around. And then, like you said, over the last couple of years, he's become just that guy that gets injured. We know he's good, but we know he's not going to be on the field. A lot of people are saying J.J. Watt, he feels that pressure. He knows this year, I mean, he really needs to kind of stay out there and cement his legacy. Not saying you can help an injury. I mean, that that is what it is. But I'm just saying J.J. Watt is well aware of what our perception is. I mean, you just said he's guaranteed to miss a few games. So, uh, I'm kind of I'm hoping he he's probably going to come out with some fire, and then I mean they got the honey badger back there yeah. at safety, Tyron Matthew. Mm-hmm. That's going to be very solid. I mean, I mean he he's been great in the NFL. This de- looking at this defense, they have a really good shot of being top five in the league. They got a really solid defense. Yeah, I mean I don't want. I mean we we kind of say Jadavion Clowney. I don't think he lived up to the expectations from college, but nobody does. I mean look at. Some of the best D linemen we've seen come out of college. Some of these guys from Alabama, from Auburn. Adama King Sue is kind of the only one who's like lived up to those expectations. Mm-hmm. So Jadavian Clowney, like, don't get it wrong. Just because he's not what everybody thought he would be coming out of college, he's solid. He's kind of found his own way, and he's solid. So you got him coming at you on one side, JJ Watt coming at you on another. Um, I mean, yeah, I really like this defense. I like the offense better than the Jaguars. Again, I know last yeah. year they had a good year. But I'm going with the Texans. Okay. And first on this one. I mean, I know that'll make people happy. We're not disagreeing on everything. <laughs> but I, I do I like the Texans better on this one. That again, it's gonna be tight. I got the Jaguars right there behind them, like game or two behind them. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not saying they're running away with it. And then I'm, I'm pretty similar to you. I got the the Titans. Um, I think Mariota, he he's due for a solid year. I don't think he's gonna w- blow anybody away, but he's kind of a game manager. Yeah, yeah. Mariota's gonna be solid this year for him. So, like I said, I got Texans, Jaguars, Titans, and then the Colts. What what are you expecting from the Colts overall? I mean, we we know I know you're saying they're 
they're going to be last in the division. What what do you see from them all around? Well, with Andrew Luck back, I mean, I, I see, I could I could see seven wins, seven to nine, coming from where they have been the last couple of years without Andrew Luck. I mean, their roster doesn't look great, but I think he just they have a franchise quarterback back there. I do think Andrew Luck is a solid quarterback, and he can take your team places. But he, they still need help around him. I mean, they have a, the tight end Eric Ebron from the Lions they got in the offseason. They still have T.Y. Hilton. But You know they got backup tight end? Who, Jack Doyle? Eric. Swoop. Oh. Swoop. <laughs> I would say their the defense does look, I don't want to say sketchy, but not up to par. No. As far as what they – and that's where that, that's where they're going to struggle. They're going to struggle on the defensive side. So I could see six wins, seven wins. Yeah, I think I think about six six wins is realistic. Maybe seven. Um, I, I'm not as high on Andrew Luck as you are. And I and again, this is going to sound harsh. Even coming out of college, yeah, he was he was good. I mean, he had a, a great rookie season, and he he was pretty solid. But those injuries started stacking up. And I mean, when he came in the league, they were like, "That's the next Peyton Manning." But mm-hmm. I think we, I don't think anybody can make that argument anymore. Andrew Luck is not like the prodigal son of football. Like, yeah, we're past like we that. acted. Okay, he's not gonna just take over the league. I'm worried about him coming off this injury. I mean, he it was just a month ago where he he still wasn't throwing with a full size football. I mean, he still wasn't throwing at a hundred percent. Season starts in two weeks. I mean, so if he's doing that in practice, probably not even in shell, in shorts and a t-shirt, we both know range of motion is a lot different once you get in pads. And it's going to be a lot different when you got 280-pound beast running at you trying to take your head off. Yeah. So I don't think Andrew Luck is going to wow us this year. I think they need to focus this year on just getting him back being comfortable on the field. Mm-hmm. I mean, I wouldn't even – I don't think he's going to win a lot of games. I think he's going to manage games and be up. But Colts down 14 points fourth quarter, I'm not expecting Andrew Luck to lead a, a comeback and, and win the game. Now, I'd love to, to be wrong. I'd love yeah. for us to be talking here week 10, and we're like, man, Andrew Luck – he, he just snapped right back in. I just don't – I think I'm being a little pessimistic, but I don't know if I see it happening just based on the last couple of years and then the reports over the summer of where he was at in what he was practicing. So, I don't know. That's, that's my take. So, you got Jaguars. I got Texans. Like you said, I do agree with you. I could very well see a couple of teams coming out of this I, division. Yeah. I mean, to me, this division is the exact opposite of the, the North. North, what mm-hmm. we just talked about, where kind of none of the teams are that great and Steelers are are good. This one, this one's pretty tight. And like I said, even even the Titans, they can they can steal some games in the division too. I mean, yeah. Don't don't get them confused either. Yeah, for sure. So, I, I'm excited to to really watch some of this division. I think this is going to be a fun one to watch. So, any last words on AFC South? I mean, you pretty – I think this will be the division, actually, that has two teams. Gotcha. I can say that pretty pretty solid, solidly. 
that this team will have this division will have two teams in the playoffs and okay. far for the AFC. And you th- and you're you're basically set that it's Texans and Jaguars. Yeah, I am. All right, sounds good. Well, with that being said, let's go ahead and move on before we get to the rest of the AFC. It's that time again. It's time for the hangover of the week. Hangover of the week. Okay, KK, let the people know what the hangover of the week is. All right, well, hangover of the week pretty much is a story we, we've been seeing a lot of in the past week, and we're just kind of tired of it. It's all over ESPN. You know, when you get a hangover, not after drinking, the one thing when you wake up with a hangover, you're just like, man, I got to I gotta hydrate. I got to get rid of this thing. Drink some so Pedialyte. Yeah, drink some Pedialyte. This is a story where we're tired of hearing. We just got to get rid of it. You know what's not going to give you a hangover? What's that? <laughs> gold leaf logger. Devil's backbone gold leaf logger at four and a half percent. Four and a half. Unless you drink about 12, then <laughs> you're an animal. But yeah, so this is a story we like to bring up each week. Each week we'll have one, but this week, something special. We both have the same hangover. Yeah, so. So we're going to attack this kind of jointly. Okay, I like that. So yeah. yeah, for those of you, y'all don't really know, but leading up to the show each week, me and KK, we have a little, you know, shared heart to heart. <laughs> we have a little shared document where we're we're putting down our thoughts for the week. We're putting down our thoughts when we're watching games live, and it's a shared Google Doc, and we can see what the other person's thinking, and then we kind of lay out what we're each going to cover. And yeah, this week he put it up there. We both have the same thing. So, like he said, this one's a little different, where we're both going to have the same hangover of the week with that being said I'll let KK kick it off okay so you guys listened last week we had our our live look in first first ever live look in which got got some good response I know I know people like that Uh, yeah in part because it was an epic live look yeah we picked the best moment to look in on a game well last week Ronald Acuna was on a tear he hit eight home runs in eight games Uh, three straight games he had a leadoff home run Against the Marlins. Well, game four, we did a live look in on his first at bat. First pitch of the game, he gets hit by a pitch, 97 miles per hour. Which the was fe- higher mm-hmm. than his than Urania's average. Yep, higher. Than, I think it was his third highest pitch of the whole year, and he threw, right, he threw right at him. There was no, oh, I was trying to throw it inside and back him off the plate. No, he threw it right at him, hit him in his arm. Bench is cleared. Whoop, whoop, you've heard the story. So... It brought up the question, like, all right, well, now, what's the sus- the suspension going to be? What is MLB going to do as far as Ronald Acuna is one of your faces of the future as far as a brand of baseball? Which and we talk about. Mm-hmm. Baseball does not have enough star power. Yep. That's one of the things. It's hard to market when you don't have a face to put to the sport. We know we've talked kind of Bryce Harper did a good job over the All-Star break of really putting himself out there, which, I mean, he's been doing that for years. And I always make the Bryce Harper versus Mike Trout argument. Well, here's Acuna, a young guy, up and coming, on one of the, I mean, more popular teams in the country. Yeah, it is. So, so after he threw at him, I was like, all right, what is MLB going to do? Are they going to take a stand? I feel like they had their chance to really make a statement. Like, hey, you're not going to do this to our young budding stars. 
because he got hit right in the the forearm. What happens if he breaks the arm? Yeah, a ninety-seven mile an hour fastball straight to the arm. I mean, that can fracture a bone. Yeah, like that's easy break an arm, and then he's out for the year. That's not part of the game. Like that's and that's a weapon at that point. One of the big things I heard too, as far as this, we weren't the only broadcast doing a live look in. ESPN did it. MLB Network did it. They all did it when this guy came up to bat. So the whole world was able to see how ridiculous this pitch was thrown right at him. Well, MLB comes out a couple days later. They suspend Jose Urena six games. Ooh. Now, for me, six games for an everyday player. Let's say Ronald Acuna got suspended six games. He missed six games. For a pitcher. Jose Urena plays every five once every five games. So he misses one start. I think they need to look at that. So you need you miss twenty games. Well, that'll be four starts. So it has to be there has to be more a of a an effective suspension for a starting pitcher because they don't play every day. Agreed. So it if he misses six games, like all right, cool, I miss a start. Well, he can start that very next day. They shift shift around their rotation. I think the MLB really missed on as far as applying the suspension to one of their future big names of the game. I think they, I just think they really missed on it. And at the same, same thing too with MLB, like I'm not surprised either. That's, I think that's a sad thing about it too. Yeah. They're not going to do something out of the norm. Yeah. They're not going to start setting new precedents now in 2018. MLB, they, they set their precedents in the 1940s, 1950s. Yeah. And that's a problem with the game. Their their inability to adapt to these new trends and yeah, and, and we were just going on. we were just talking a couple weeks ago about NBA getting ahead of the curve, getting with betting, and they're always trying different stuff. They NBA put out a new basketball one year, said we're switching to this ball. Third into the season, players were like, "We hate this. This ball sucks." Was it, was it the wave? Wasn't it? Was it, it, wave? it wasn't the wave. Oh. No, it was like a new European style ball. It had some smooth parts on it. And the player said, we hate this. It doesn't feel good on our fingers. Percentages were down. And in the middle of the season, not even the middle of the season, early on in the season, NBA pulled it. And they're not afraid to do that. Like you just said, MLB, they had a chance to kind of... Bring the hammer down. Yeah, and make a statement. They didn't do that. To me, your your problem lies more with the MLB. And I completely agree. They should have done yeah. more. I think it's a bad look on them because, like you said, he's missing one game. That doesn't discourage that behavior at all, right? I mean, this is still going to happen going on. I was more shocked. A lot of the stuff I was reading online just from the general public. You had a lot of people who were disgusted by it just like we were. But I was really surprised with the amount of responses I saw where people said, "Hey, that's the game. Grow up. Oh, this generation's too soft. This is this is what happens. He needs to back off the plate." Blah blah blah. No, this is all from guys who are like three hundred pounds and look like they maybe played little league. <laughs> all right, they've bunch never of, bunch of big owls. Yeah, a bunch <laughs> of hit dingers. Yeah, they've these guys have never been beamed with a ninety-seven mile an hour fastball. That's what I want to. All these guys defending it. Let me. Let Urania throw one at their forearm and see how they feel about it then. Because one injury is actually on the line. 
right? Mm-hmm. There, there's a true injury that could have happened. Two, this had nothing to do with the game. We talk about the unwritten rules of baseball all the time, and I, I love to hate on them. I think there, there are some, but I, I think a lot of them are stupid. So, of course, one of the unwritten rules of baseball, you hit a home run. Don't look at it too long. Put your head down. Run the bases. Your bat better not flip. <laughs> you better just gently set that bat down on the ground and keep running the bases. Do it the right way, right? Don't don't stare at the ball. Don't stare at the pitcher, which then at that point, I guess what you, you just look down at your feet and run. I mean, that's really that's a lot of fun, right? You just hit a home run on a guy in a professional sport, but don't don't show any emotion, just run. Okay, that's how you want it to be. Fine. Because that's exactly what Acuna was doing. Acuna had not celebrated at all. He had no Bautista bat flip. He wasn't staring down the pitchers in the previous games. He even his walk offs. He's you know running the bases and coming back and celebrating with his team. He's doing exactly what the unwritten rules say you're supposed to do. And the unwritten rules say when you do stare at the pitcher, or when you are looking at it too long, or you do a bat flip, yeah, you're probably going to get one thrown at you next time at bat or okay this guy's been too good we're gonna throw it way inside and get him to back off the plate I even get that like hey you're, he's way too far up in the box he's getting too comfortable in the box let's back him up a little bit like you said that's not what this was this was literally just a bitter team a bitter pitcher saying this guy is just too good for me I'm not mad because he celebrated. He's just too good. So I'm going to just bean him. And yeah, that he was holding his arm. They pulled him out of the game. I was waiting for that report of like hairline fracture, yeah. his forearm or something. So I was really surprised with just the amount of responses I saw that said, this is part of the game. You people need to learn. You bunch of pansy snowflakes. I'm like, all right, let's bean you with a 97 mile an hour fastball for doing nothing other than being good at the sport you're getting paid to be good at and possibly ruining your season. So that's where a lot of my hangover comes from is just reading the comments on Facebook and Twitter and all the stories. I'm like, I I cannot believe there are this many people out here defending this guy saying it's just part of the game because this is not part of the game. No, I mean, if you want to get the guy out, make make a better pitch. Hell, walk the guy. You can't just... Like you said, like he wasn't doing anything wrong. Like, yeah, he wasn't staring the ball down. He wasn't flipping the bat. Like, he was out there just balling. Yeah. And you're pretty much saying, oh, I can't get this guy out. Let's just throw at him. Totally wrong. And one of the biggest things I saw, too, is when he threw at him, the catcher knows when you're I was like, all right, let's throw at this guy. Usually, yeah. Yeah. The catcher really got up, kind of just kind of stood up like, man, he really did this. Almost understanding. I think Urania did it on his own. Oh. I, I don't think there was no plan to it. I think he completely did it by himself. I don't think the Marlins knew about it. So, especially JT Real Muto, the, the catcher. I mean, because he, he kind of just stood up. Usually, when you throw at him, the catcher stands up, gets in the batter's face, exact, like right then, saying, You know why we did it, and whoop de whoop. But he just kind of stood up, and that's why the MLB really had their chance to come down. Yeah. No, you could see the catcher just kind of hung his head like, oh, man. But 
another thing that was ridiculous, Urania, as soon as he threw it, he got ready. Like, he was, yeah. he was ready for a fight. Like, he... I don't know. I just thought that was very Bush League. I thought it had nothing to do with the sport. Again, these unwritten rules where, okay, you kind of can throw at a guy at this point. None of that was present in this action. This was just, again, guy's too good, bat's too hot. I can't even back him up off the plate. I'm just going to try to take him out the game. Yeah. And if you are going to throw at him, throw a, a change up, a slider, some 80, yeah. 80 miles per hour. I mean, yeah, it's still going to hurt, but... Yeah, don't, exactly. Don't throw your fastest pitch of the year. Exactly. Throw something that's going to leave a bruise, not fracture a bone. Especially, like we said, when this pitch is higher than your average fastball over the plate, that there's something wrong with you right there. And like you said, I mean, yeah, they should have suspended him. I agree. I don't think 20, 25 games would have been overkill. Yeah. So, But also another thing, MLB doesn't do that. They don't suspend their pitchers according to their start. So, I don't know. I just feel like they dropped the ball. I think that's a good point. I think that's something MLB should definitely look at in the future. I'm not saying they will, but like you said, five games to him is nothing. Mm-hmm. Six games, whatever, that's him just, okay, I'm going to sit on the bench one game. So, I'm over it. I'm kind of done talking about it, just – I'm really done reading about it because that's what's been giving me my hangover is reading the public's opinion. Like I said, don't get me wrong. There's plenty of people who, who know that's a, a crappy move. But I was, like I said, I was just, I thought it'd be about 99% of people saying that's, yeah. that's terrible. From what I was reading, it was more like 80, 70%. And then a, a lot of big owls who hit dingers when they were in third grade. <laughs> Saying, hey, that's part of the game. I got hit with a 10-mile-an-hour fastball. You just don't do that. <laughs> All right, man. Whatever. I'm, I'm over it. So that is our hangover. Of the uh, week. Of the week. All <laughs> right. Well, let's move on. Which one do you want to do? You want to do AFC East or AFC West? Let's go to your favorite team, AFC East. East? AFC East, uh... Your favorite team. Uh, Got what's, what's Patrick team? Star over here. <laughs> <laughs> AFC East, your favorite team. All right. The Patriots. All right. Let's jump into the AFC East. Okay. So, AFC East teams we're looking at. We got the Buffalo Bills, Miami Dolphins, New York Jets, and then your favorite team, <laughs> the Patriots. So... What's your thoughts? I do think this will be another year where Patriots win this division. But I also see, in the distance, I see it, the end of the Brady-Belichick era. Oh, yeah. I think they'll win the division, but I don't think they're going to be as good this year. I don't... I'll go on record right now. Brady will not win another Super Bowl. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm, in agreement with that. I think... Well, for one, his his years are numbered because of his age. I think Belichick is ready to get out from under Bob Kraft. Yeah, Bel- I, I do feel that way. We've talked about it before. Belichick did not. I don't believe Belichick wanted Tom Brady this long. No, that's where the rift kind of started. Is he was ready to kind of Belichick's very famous for trading a player a year early rather than a year too late, 
and he, there's no there's no exception. <coughs> Sorry, just dying over here. Go ahead. <coughs> oh, no exception right. for Tom Brady on that. I think Belichick was ready to move Brady, try to get a lot in return for moving Tom Brady, and he was ready for Jimmy Garoppolo to step up in that role. And we've kind of touched on it before. I think, and, and the reports, it kind of, you know, the shady reports say Robert Kraft put a stop to that. Could you imagine, though, like, let's say if they kept Jimmy Garoppolo, and then, like, all of a sudden, like, game one, Garoppolo starting over Tom Brady? Yeah. Wouldn't that be, just be crazy? It'd be Nick Saban in the national championship. Yeah. I mean, because Belichick would it's, do that. It's, oh, they got this backup quarterback. They're starting him over the starter, over the guy we all know is good, and then... Garoppolo probably would have came in and been better. And like you said, Tom Brady's years are numbered. I think if they would have traded him a year ago, they could have got, I mean, you could get a ton for Tom Brady. Oh, God, yeah. Any team would give up everything. Yeah. So, I mean, because they would look at it as like a Peyton Manning, okay, he's not going to be here for long, but go win one last Super Bowl with the team. Like Peyton Manning with the Broncos. You put Tom Brady on some team that's just right there at the cusp, but they need a better quarterback. All of a sudden, they're in playoff, they're in Super Bowl contention, and Bill Belichick has quarterback of the future and Jimmy Garoppolo. That's not what happened. So I do agree with you. This is this thing is on its way down, and this offseason you've heard more kind of dissension than ever before. Usually, the Patriots are very tight lipped. Um, you've actually are hearing reports of some of the turmoil in the locker room or internally in the organization. Yeah, so for me, Patriots, number one in this division. Two, in my opinion, would be Miami Dolphins. Three Jets, four Buffalo Bills. Miami, you're always kind of solid, but that just depends on how Ryan Tannehill, how, how long he can stay healthy. Because... The last three or four years, he's been missing some freak injury in practice or gets hurt in game one or game two, and then he's out for the year. I mean, hell, last year they had to go to Jay Cutler. so we all, And we all know who that went. <laughs> but as far as pieces around Tannehill, they don't got much. You got Kenyon Drake going to be your starting running back this year. You got Kenny Stills. You lost Jarvis Landry at wide receiver. So there's not much to go around. Their defense will be the strength of their team as far as Miami. And – I say strength, I mean, I'm not saying they're going to have a great defense either. I just think they, they're better on that side of the ball than offense. You still got Sue. Oh, no. Sue's with the, yeah, the Rams. They, yeah. yeah. You don't have Sue They no don't more. have Sue. Yeah. But you still got Cameron Wake. You got Rashad Jones, another Georgia dog back there. Lawrence Timmons, also one of your linebackers. So, they'll come in second in this division, but I don't think they're making the playoffs. I don't even think they're – Smelling the playoffs to me. I think they go seven and nine, maybe eight and eight at best. The Jets are coming in third, but I wouldn't be surprised if Jets almost finish above Miami. Jets in third? Yeah. There's there's a lot of noise with how Sam Darnold is running that offense now. I know it's his preseason, but Jets they might have a future quarterback. And we'll see if they let him go week one which would be nice. I know Teddy Bridgewater right now is someone on the trade block. They're looking for somebody to trade for him. 
So you're, you're seeing Sam Darnold starting over Josh McCown? I don't know. Their GM came out this week saying they're open to all trades. So tra- Teddy Bridgewater is on the trade block. And they haven't even mentioned Josh McCown. So I, I think they might put yeah. Donald in there. Man, you talk about Just a guy. You talk about a guy who uh started off pretty solid that I thought was gonna really be something and kinda hasn't Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah. I was I was rooting for him early on in his I mean, yeah, career. He, and he still might have a chance. Some some team's gonna trade for him. So he still might have a chance. I know he had some bad luck with the ACL injury, but you never know with him because he hadn't been around that long. Yeah. And then of course the Jets got the running back that hurts me every time I see his stats pop up on the bottom of the screen, Isaiah Crowell. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's solid. So I still, I don't root for him, but I kind of just always have an eye on him, see what he's doing in the league. So Isaiah Crowell. So again, let me just get this straight. So you got Patriots, Dolphins, Jets, and then Bills. Then Bills, yeah. Yeah, we differ a good bit on this one. <laughs> and I might be eating my words right here but so I I, of course I got Patriots first they're just no way they don't get first in this division they've owned this division for the last pretty much two decades now Um, I mean Jets have had a couple good teams here and there but this has been the Patriots division I don't think they're worried about anybody and they really haven't lost anybody I mean Julian Edelman Chris Hogan Rob Gronkowski you know you got Gronk and Tom Brady as much as we like to say he's about to start declining, he he hasn't shown the decline yet. He's not going to throw it downfield, but he doesn't need to with his receivers, the way they play. He doesn't have to hit those bombs to Randy Moss on a downfield route anymore. That's not how they play. So I think Tom Brady is one of those. He takes such good care of himself. Once It's going to be like Kobe. Once Father Time hits, it's going to hit hard. Yeah. And I know it is, but I, we haven't seen it yet, so I can't say, oh, he he's already declining. It's There's going to be a moment where we kind of start to notice it. And I don't know if you remember, but, I mean, early in the last season, people were kind of saying it. Cause mm-hmm. he, he was a little, he was a little rough right, to start. Rusty, yeah. But I, I haven't seen any real sign of decline. When it happens, it's, it's going to happen fast and hard. But... As of right now, he's still Tom Brady. Obviously, Patriots got this easily. Now, on the other hand, and even if you look at their defense, I think their defense is right up there with the top in the division too. I don't see any. I don't think their defense is second to anybody in the division. No. Yeah. Now, here, here's where I differ a little bit. I think the Bills could make some noise. I think the Bills, between the Dolphin and the Bills, I think Dolphins are better set. I think they know what they're doing a little more. But if the Bills could get it together, I mean, they have the the talent on that team. The The thing that worries me the most is their quarterback situation. <laughs> That's the only thing. I, see, I was just about to ask you, who's their quarterback? Yeah. <laughs> and you got, you're looking at A.J. McCarron. Or Nathan Peterman, and you got Josh Allen down in the depth chart too. None of those guys really pop out to me. But if you can get a quarterback to just play solid, I think they have the the weapons to 
to make some noise in that division. Not saying they're going to make the playoffs, but I could see them getting second. Yeah, I mean, I they got good offensive weapons. Yeah, it's it's I'll really give, the quarterback is the only thing I'm worried about. And yeah. of course in this league that's everything. And then I I see the Dolphins. They're obviously they're better off with Ryan Tannehill. Um, like you said, the Dolphins are always one of those teams where they're kind of making some noise and they kind of just fall off and people aren't really paying attention to them. So, I don't know. This one, this one's kind of tough. It is, it is kind of tough. <coughs> I still, I don't know. I'm, for some reason, I just like the Buffalo Bills more than the Dolphins. I think the Dolphins know what they're doing more, but it's a long season. That's 16 games by... Week four, the teams are going to start to figure it out. Yeah. And, I mean, I, I like to see – I think these Bills might figure it out if their quarterback situation gets figured out. So, then I have the Dolphins third and then and then the Jets. Okay. And the Jets, I'm not – I don't think are going to do anything. I don't think Sam – Sam Darnold, I think, might be a solid player in – maybe next year or the year after. I think he's one. Uh, again, you say he's got the reports of that. He's running that offense. Great. I think he could sit for a year and just soak it in a little bit, but who Depends knows on how patient they are. That's true. I, I think he'll be playing by the end of the season. I do because again, we both have them last in the division or no, you had them. You had them last had them or third. third. You third. had them third. Either way, Third or fourth means they're not going to be winning a lot of games. I think they get impatient and they put Darnold in there. But I just I don't think he's ready right now. I do think he'll he'll be their quarterback for the foreseeable future about halfway through the season on. But we we're just kind of kind of talking about a guy like Andrew Luck, who came in to the league and made a statement, mm-hmm. but you look at how good Andrew Luck was supposed to be and he's not there now. I was kind of hearing the same things about Sam Darnold, that this guy's NFL ready. He's the next, you know, great pocket passer. And I don't know. I I think he needs a little more time before he, he really steps into that role. So I've got the Jets last, actually. So I'm going Patriots, Bills, Miami, Jets. I think the Bills and Miami will be pretty close together but I don't think this definitely is not a two team to the playoff division I think it's Patriots it has been Patriots and that that's all it is I mean do you see any other team making even the wild card from this division yeah no I think it I mean obviously best shot best shot for me would be Miami but I don't I don't see him doing it yeah, I would say Miami just historically, but I don't I don't think it's happening this year. So, any last thoughts on the AFC East? That's all I got. Uh, Patriots fans enjoy it because I don't see you guys rolling this division no, much and, longer. And again, Tom Brady and don't get it wrong. Like Tom Brady and Bill Ch- Bill Belichick do not really get along. That's what everybody says. Like they're not buddy buddy. Now Tom Brady and Robert Kraft, they're buddy buddy. They hang out like they. They see each other in the offseason. Bill Belichick is not part of that little that little crew. So, I don't think Bill Belichick's going away from the Patriots anytime soon. 
But is it, it is interesting. Who do you think will be out of there first, Belichick or Brady? Man. Because he already Golly, that's tough. He I, already tried making a move with Tom Brady and that got vetoed yeah. by his boss. I think Belichick will. I could see I think he'll step down. I could see Belichick in my mind, the way I see it, once Belichick starts seeing the decline, he'll move away. Yeah. I don't know if that's into retirement. He need he'll need to retire. He's done everything he can. But he also loves the game so much. I can see him taking an offer from somebody else once he sees that decline coming. But I don't know. That's that's a good question. Brady or Belichick? Yeah, I, th- I think Belichick. I think he'll go first. Same, because I, I don't think Robert Kraft's ever going to let Brady leave. Brady go. Yeah. yeah. So, all right. Well, that's the AFC East. So now let's move on. Last but not least, AFC as KK puts it, the AFC West. <laughs> AFC West. All right. This is kind of a tough division, too, for me to kind of, if you just look at look at the rosters, what these teams have made, kind of predicting a winner. But I think Denver is going to be back on top this year. They got a strong defense. They got Case Keenum as their quarterback. Now, I'm not completely sold on that. But he had a great year with Minnesota, so let's see what we can do. I got I got them coming in first. A close second will be the Chargers. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then I got Kansas City, and then I got Oakland. The Oakland experiment, John Gruden, I don't think it's going to work out. They don't want to play Khalil, Khalil Mack. So you got – okay, read that back one more time. <laughs> I got Denver, Chargers, Chiefs, and then Oakland. Chiefs, you got a new quarterback, Pat Mahomes. You lost some pieces on defense. You're going to be solid, but you're not going to be playoff worthy. And same thing with you, Oakland. I don't think this John Gruden experience is going to work. I think he has too many of the old guy mentalities as far as how the style of the NFL was. For one, like you haven't even talked to Khalil Mack, your best player by far on both sides of the ball. He's still sitting out, and you're not – showing any progress to try to get to know them, to try to make a move. And I think the Chargers. Chargers have steadily been right outside the playoffs looking in. They got a strong secondary. They got a strong defense. Phillip Rivers, he's just kind of Mr. Consistent. Don't don't come at me about Phillip Rivers. (laughs) He's not going to blow you away, but he gets the job done. And I think they're going to be – they got a running back, Melvin Gordon. I think they're going to be pretty solid. Them and the Broncos and Chargers, for me, it's their division kind of a toss-up. I don't see the Chiefs or the Raiders doing much. Raiders, yeah, you have a strong roster. So do the Chiefs. But back to the John Gruden thing, I don't think that's going to work out. And Chiefs, you're still starting with a new quarterback, which I like Pat Mahomes. I do like Mahomes, but... Why, why do you like Mahomes? Well, for one, he's a gunslinger. So I kind of... I, I give him that benefit of the doubt because I remember when he was in college, like he just throw the ball around all day. But then again, thinking about it, gunslingers don't transfer well to the... NFL. Yeah, there's only there's a lot more reading defenses than just yeah, throwing the ball. There's only a couple of gunslingers I can really think of that were great, with probably Brett Favre being the last one. Yeah, so I still like him. I root for him, root for Mahomes, but I don't think he's good enough to make take this team anywhere. Yeah. Um. So I differ with you 
on a couple things. I could see I could see the Broncos taking first. Um, Case Keenum, I think he's solid enough for this team. Um, I mean, they got good receiving core, Emmanuel Sanders, Demarius Thomas. Can't really go wrong there. Devontae Booker at running back. I mean, I think they're they're solid enough with Case Keenum back there that they're not going to make a lot of mistakes. Um, I mean, I do like the defense. We got, of course, Bradley Chubb back there, Von Miller. So they're they're solid all around. I don't I don't see any huge weaknesses with the Broncos. So I, I do see them taking this division. I got to disagree with you on the Raiders, though. <laughs> so you think they're going to be good? Well, here here's what's hard. I agree with you on the John Gruden thing. I think this man's been out of the game for a long time. Yeah. Where he, yeah, he's won a Super Bowl, but again, he has been gone a long time. I think he's got the smarts to do it. One, does he even have the the connection to the players? That's the biggest question. Like yeah. you said, that that old school mentality of I'm just going to tell these guys exactly what to do. They better listen. That's the way it goes. Versus, yeah, he does need to kind of reach out to his best weapon and form that relationship because you want the guy playing for you. But, I mean, I kind of like this offense if they can get it together. Derek Carr, we've seen flashes of mm-hmm. of greatness. Not just a game manager. I mean, we've seen Derek Carr. Man, he is a competitor. He can win you some games. I mean, I can see he, you're going to get some come-from-behind victories. Again, a lot of it depends on if your best player is back. That being said, you still got Amari Cooper in there. You still got Marshawn Lynch at running back. Which, yeah, he's he's a little older, but hey, he's still solid. I'm not taking anything away from Marshawn Lynch at this point. Again, I, I like Derek Carr at quarterback, and that's what I'm really focusing on. Is I, I think I think Gruden's gonna adjust. He he has his way of doing things. If they come out those first three games and are not performing the way they need to be, I do think Gruden will be smart enough to adjust his own style to get this team where it needs to be. He knows everybody's looking at him. Yeah. So I actually I like the Raiders. I don't think they're last in this division. I think they're I think they're finishing over the Chiefs. I'm not wild about the Chiefs. I'm not wild about Yeah, we both aren't. <laughs> I'm not I'm not wild about Patrick Mahomes. Uh I think Sammy Watkins is kind of I could see that being a good team up. Like you just said, Mahomes is a gunslinger. Send Sammy Watkins down the field. I think he's one of the fastest guys in the league. You put him just on a you know straight route downfield, not many guys are gonna be able to keep up with him. Just chunk it down the field to Sammy Watkins. So I can I can see that happening. Uh you still got Chris Conley as well. So they I like their weapons. I don't know, there's just something about Patrick Mahomes I don't I'm not wild about. So right now I'm going Broncos, Raiders. And again, I see why you got the Raiders last. And I don't even necessarily disagree with it, but I think they're gonna get it together. Okay. I do. I, I don't I don't think they're going to come out that great. I think that first four games is not going to be pretty. 
but I think they're going to make adjustments for those last 12 games that will help them out going down the road. So I've got Broncos, Chargers. And again, I don't even like the Chargers. I don't think Phillip Rivers is great, but he's been around long enough and he handles his business. He's one of those guys, kind of like you just said, he, he's going to manage it. Yeah. He is what he is. And I mean, their defense is pretty solid. I do like their defense, especially Joey Bosa is way better than I thought he would be. <laughs> Me too. Which again, I mean, everybody going into that draft that year said, hey, he's good. But I was like, all right, this guy's not going to transfer well to the NFL. And he has. So I'll give it to him. I, I do like their defense uh, primarily with Joey Bosa leading it off. And then, yeah, I got I got the Chiefs last. So I'm going Broncos, Chargers, Raiders, Chiefs. Again, I, it's a long season. People make adjustments. I think Raiders are ugly that first quarter of the season. But that's usually how these teams look at it. They go four games. They they usually will play four games like it's a season. Yeah. And then they'll they'll look on to the next season. These next four games. What do mm-hmm. we gotta do? So that's where I see the biggest jump going from about game four to I think Raiders game three and Raiders game six will look like completely different teams. Maybe some bold predictions here. <laughs> I am I know that one I might I'll probably look stupid. By the end of the year, but man, I like the Raiders, and I like I think Derek Carr, like he's a he's a gamer. Like he, he is, I I give, I give you that he is. So, and that's uh, the big thing is I'm I'm looking at the quarterbacks a lot in this because I mean that's in the NFL. Granted, you look at like Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers, oh best quarterback in the league, and they can't do crap. I'm looking at the weapons around them, and I think I think Raiders got enough pieces to to figure it out. I'm I don't know how I feel about the Chiefs. I just I got them last. This I don't know. This is a tough division to me. Yeah, it kind of is. There's there's nobody that I think is amazing. Nobody I'm like oh they're gonna go super deep into the playoffs, yeah. but they're all just uh decent enough to make this an interesting division. I agree. This division is probably one of the toughest ones. Yeah. As far as it, if you're just looking at the team and looking at the roster and trying to predict how they're going to do, this one is tough. Yeah, this one, I mean, I could definitely see, again, I got my one through four could completely get flipped. <laughs> so, it, this one is tough. It's To me, it's, yeah, definitely one of the more, I mean, even going back to last week, thinking maybe NFC South, was tough because I think Falcons and Saints are right there at each other's throat. And then you never know what you're getting from the Panthers and Tampa Bay with those two teams on the bottom two. So that's another division where I can't, it's hard to do one through four. I can kind of get you the top two and the bottom two, but it's hard to place them. This one to me is kind of like that, except like two through four is tough. Yeah. So any last words on the AFC Weast. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, you pretty much said it all. It's just a tough division to look at. And our predictions that we just made, it very easily could be flip-flopped when it actually comes out. Exactly. But like I say this every week, we get the awesome chance to watch it and see how it plays out. So, <clears throat> we already kind of talked about what we're doing next week. Lean into college football. Next week, we 
we really just wanted to touch on college football, have kind of a opening weekend preview. We're going to talk about all 130 teams. <laughs> KK would love that. And he, he would know where every guy went to high school to. <laughs> so, but that being said, since we've covered NFC, AFC, got a couple weeks before the NFL season, but we're really not going to touch on it much next week. I know I'm kind of just throwing this out there. Super Bowl winner for this year. You had to pick it going into week one. You you had a hundred bucks just to place Super Bowl winner. <laughs> Sounds crazy. I put it on the Falcons. <laughs> that doesn't sound crazy. And look, well, you know, you know who I think the Super Bowl is going to be this year. Who? Who are the two teams? I think it's going to be Pittsburgh and Atlanta. You think Pittsburgh will get over Patriots? Yeah, I think I think Pittsburgh will. I think they. I think. Hell, even me, I think we're all asleep on their defense. I think their defense is going to be better than what we think. And I, I hope so because, I mean, I just talked about Pittsburgh. I said their defense is the one area that's kind yeah. of off for them. You know, you know that offense is going to ball out. Yeah. So, I think their defense is the right, the big question. Yeah. But I think it's going to be better than what people think. I can very well see that. And then you, So, you see Falcons as Super Bowl champs. Yeah. I mean, so, hell, two years ago, man, I was in your place. I was pulling for them hard. I know. So... I would love – I mean, yeah, I'm a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, but I would love for Atlanta to get a championship of any kind. Yeah, when he says Atlanta, he's not talking about the Falcons. He's talking about the city of Atlanta. Yeah. Get some kind of championship. The city of Atlanta, like Braves, Hawks, or Falcons. Hell, Atlanta United. <laughs> but we'll see. I mean, it, it'll be great for the city for sure. So, got to ask you. You got $100. About to put down on a team to win the Super Bowl. Who you got? So, I'm kind of glad I asked you first because we got the same pick. But me, you, me, you were on your own team. Me saying my pick, <laughs> I knew people were going to be like, "Oh, that's that's You're a, a homer. Guy. That's a homer pick." Yeah. But I'm telling you, just looking at the weapons, to me, Falcons got the best offense, maybe other than the Steelers. Mm-hmm. And then, over the last two years, I think Dan Quinn has built this defense. I really like what we built up last year, defensively. And I think we've just gotten even better. So, I think this defense is not that same defense that was in the Super Bowl two years ago. I also think we those young guys that were in the Super Bowl have got... That was a learning experience for them. So, you have that. I think... And, again... It sounds like I'm so biased, but I think the Falcons are probably the most complete team in terms of offensive weapons, defensive weapons. I mean, Dan Quinn has really built the Seahawks down here, except I think our offense is better than the Seahawks ever was. Granted, the Seahawks had Russell Wilson, but other than that, their offense was never that great. Yeah. So, I mean, I do. I think it's the Falcons winning the Super Bowl. I almost don't want to say it because I don't want to jinx it, but just looking at the teams, non-bias, most complete offense, most complete defense, I do got to go Falcons. In terms of matchup, I I could see, like you said, the Steelers get in there. Man, it's it's hard to discount the Patriots, but I also don't know if I see the Patriots going to three in a row. Three Super Bowls in a row 
with the loss last year, I think the loss did something to them mentally and internally in that organization. We just talked about not just the decline of Brady, but the decline of the team chemistry is kind of coming. So I would I would like that matchup. I would like Falcons and Steelers. I can't I really don't see anybody else in the AFC that's better than the Steelers. Yeah. Definitely agree. Like top two offenses in the NFL would be Steelers and Falcons. Mm-hmm. And I do give Falcons a slight edge on defense. Because yeah, I've what Dan Quinn has done developing this defense and they're still all young. Yeah, exactly. Is, that's that's what I'm looking at is they're young guys, but they got that Super Bowl experience early. So they won't be shell shocked this time. Yeah, and I'm I'm almost at a point too is I think with because you can only play pay so much so many players. Yeah, I think you only have a couple more years with this defense. Well, that's what happened before, with the Seahawks. Yeah, before they all start wanting more money, and so you got to make you got to make a count. Yeah, my which, biggest thing is how is Sarkeesian gonna run this offense? Cause yeah. That was my biggest issue last year. Was he took this record setting offense and basically Man, stalled him completely? So I want to see. Having a full off season, I, I said this last week. I want to see how that turns in to this year, but yeah, I'm I'm going Falcons, and I almost don't even want to say it because I'm going to regret it if we don't. <laughs> but just looking at the teams, I don't know how who else in the NFC is going to beat the Falcons, Eagles. I I think just with them being the reigning champs, they're the team to beat. So I think that's that's our biggest hurdle. Who who do you think wins Thursday night in their first game against Falcons and Philly? To be honest, probably Philly. I got the Falcons. I think I, Falcons go undefeated. No, I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think Falcons beat Philly. I don't think Philly's going to be that great, to be honest. I think the Falcons... They're going to be good, but... They're not I don't gonna think be they're like going to be that year. great. I think the Falcons... Again, back to the Sarkeesian and the offense. We've had a whole offseason to work through things. Kind of similar to what I was just saying with the Raiders. I think the Falcons will have to work through those first four games. And then I'm ready to see them just take off. Get get in the rhythm. Of, Go two and two, three and one. Yeah, yeah, get in the rhythm of the season. You know, season time, you get into that rhythm each week. So, you know, practice for a couple days, walkthroughs, play a game fly back home, rest up, watch film, get back, and you just start getting into that routine. So I think those first four weeks, I'd be happy with two and two, and then I think we take off after the after the first four games. Well, see, the, the thing for me with the NFL, for me is like, man, just get to the playoffs. Hell, you can go seven to nine. Just get to the playoffs, and that season yeah. starts over. And we've seen the Giants but, do that twice. Yeah. And look at the Falcons last year. They labored through the season. They were able to get to the playoffs, and they were one game, one play away yeah. from – the NFC Championship game, and almost back to the Super Bowl. So okay, so for me, it's just get to the playoffs. Last last thing on the NFL. So we both got Falcons in the Super Bowl. We we probably both have Falcons Steelers Super Bowl once again. Yeah, we're agreeing on that. But just looking at the rosters, it is what it is. I can maybe see Patriots. I can maybe see Eagles, but I don't. I don't see that going back to back. Last thing, NFL. Your season record for the Steelers. What are you predicting? I'll give mine for the Falcons. Steelers, if you if you say what the numbers I'm about to say, I'm gonna be 
pissed because then we'll just have the exact same numbers and oh, records. You got, so you got you have the prediction on the Steelers as well? No. Oh, I'm just saying, I, yeah, I just don't want you saying the same numbers I say. Oh, well, we probably will, but um, we play the right re- in the regular season too, by the way. I know. So it could be a Super Bowl match, a uh, rematch, but still, you know, NFL is. I mean, there's always you're always guaranteed to lose to some team you're not supposed to because it's the NFL. Yep. I don't know. I, I, I feel like a 12 and four. And I, I can see that because I think y'all are in a weaker division. Yeah. I think Falcons division is a little tougher. I wasn't even going to give a stagger. I was going to go 10 and six. That make the playoffs. 10 and six, make the playoffs and then get out of there. And we just said it last week, those division games help Panthers. I don't think are going to do anything. But they'll get up for the Falcons. Yeah. Tampa Bay, not going to do anything. They'll get up for the Falcons. So, playoffs, yeah, the team's hyped on themselves, on themselves because it's the playoffs. But there's not that hatred to the other team. And that really does. It brings something out in you, and you see them a couple times a year. That's why I think playoffs are a completely different season, like you said. With our division, I I think 10-6, and 11-5 will get us to the promised land, and then we're rolling. Mm-hmm. Just get to the playoffs. Yeah, so that's about it. That's our previews for the NFL season. We'll uh, check back in after a couple weeks, see see what what we were right yeah. about, what we were wrong about. But with that being said, any last words on the NFL season? Any takeaways? I'm excited for it, for sure. Me too. Best time of the year, man. Me too. So with that being said, let's go ahead and jump in. It's that time. End of the show. It's time for Last Call. Okay, so Last Call, this is just something we end the show with. Story about sports, story about pop culture, what's going on in the world today. This is something we touched on briefly before. Kind of always discuss it. But what our last call is today, again, it's going to be a little different. We're kind of going to go back and forth. We always say KK, he loves college football. Don't get me wrong. I love college football, but KK, that is his favorite form of football. (laughs) Me, I'm an NFL guy. I love the NFL. I'd much rather sit down and watch back-to-back games on Sunday. Saturday, it depends on the lineup. But I can sit down any Sunday and watch most of the games. Saturdays, not going to lie, there's some Saturdays nothing I really care about seeing I'm going to go do something else so that being said I just want to kind of explain to you all listening why KK loves college why I love NFL KK we've had this discussion many times let's do it one more time <laughs> well why why are you Mr. NCAA rather than the NFL <laughs> well for me it all began it all starts with the players uh, I feel like there's more passion. There's more on the line in college football. You can have a team, let's, let's say Georgia, by for example. You can lose one game in the regular season, and your season can pretty much be for nothing. You don't have a chance to go to your championship game. You don't have a chance to go to the playoffs and then the national championship. So I feel like the players... You you play like it's your last game almost every week. You you play 
Like there's you got nothing to lose. And the thing with the NFL is, like we said earlier, you can go seven and nine and make the playoffs. Which I mean, yeah, there's nothing wrong with there's nothing wrong with that. But with the NFL too, everybody hey man, we're all paid. Damn, y'all beat us forty eight to zero. But hey man, what's up? What's up? Where's the after party at? Like what are you like what are you trying to do? Like you you've seen NFL games. You see after the game there everybody's everybody's all dapping up. It's like, yeah, man, y'all beat us up, but hey man, it's whatever. We all make millions. So you'd rather have LeGarrette Bunt blunt punching the guy <laughs> in the face, knocking him out? No, right no, nah. <laughs> nah, yeah, I'm nah, playing, I'm playing. Yeah. But for like the NFL, every single one of those players, they're amateur. They're fighting for this future of millions and being able to chop it up after the game. I feel like NFL is more of well, obviously it's more of a business. So you're kind of coming into work. And I think college, you're there trying to get that work. Every week is a almost kind of like a job interview for yourself, showing off yourself to try to make these millions so you're able to party with these other opposing players. Now, I have, not, I have nothing against the NFL. It's not like, oh, man, I hate NFL. I can't even watch. Because I love, I love watching them on Sundays. And I know your argument is, man, these are the best athletes on the planet, which I agree it is. But I just feel like there's more. Even I'm a huge Steelers fan, okay? If we lose, we lose a game, I'm like, ah, man, that sucks. We shouldn't have lost. And like, whoop de whoop. And I'm a huge Georgia fan. If we if Georgia loses, my weekend's ruined. <laughs> That's just kind of how I'm I'm wired. I love the the tradition that goes in these teams and us living in the South, seeing how serious people get about college football. Tailgate starting at 6, 7, 8 a.m. for a 7.30 p.m. game. Like, it's crazy down here, and I love that aspect of it, how how people are so serious about it. And I feel like NFL is more of an entertainment thing, which it is, it's according to TV ratings, the most watched. But that's just kind of my argument on it kind of like I'm not bashing NFL either like I believe me I love to watch both but I would if I was had to choose if to watch college football for the rest of my life or NFL I would obviously choose college football okay that's some good reasons I will say this I'll give you this I've tailgated at Falcons games with big time Falcons fans and I mean some people go all out but I've also tailgated at some big college games. And like you said, you know, people setting up 6, 7 in the morning. I will say the college games are a lot more fun to make into an all-day ordeal. Now, there's there's plenty of people who do that at the NFL games. I will admit, I have more fun going to a college game five hours before game time. And I can, I can have a blast all the way up until game time. Game time's over. I'm still ready to hang out. Yeah. In the area, whereas most NFL games I go to, I want to hang out for a little bit before the game, but usually I'm just going into the game, going out. So I'll give you that. Like the atmosphere is a little different. It is a little more tradition. But like you said, to me, just watching the NFL, I think one thing. It, it they are they're the best athletes all around. The game is so much faster. You're watching mm-hmm. these guys. College 
Like we, you know, people who've played college football. I don't know many people who've played in the NFL. There's, there's a whole different level of talent that goes into that. You've seen guys be successful in college and then they can't hang in the NFL. There's, it's a whole nother ball game. Once you get up to the NFL it's so much faster, so much harder hitting quarterbacks have to be so much more precise, have to be quicker, have to be smarter. You can't be a Johnny Manziel and just run around the field and BS some plays and then beat Alabama, the reigning superpower. (laughs) You can't do that in the NFL. These coaches are smarter. These defenses are smarter and the offenses are smarter. I mean, they're, they're students of the game to be honest. In I mean, in college, you just got more stuff going on. You got to go to class. Then you got to go to practice. Then you got to write, a five-page, ten-page paper, but then you also got a game. There's just more going on. You can't dedicate everything to the game. NFL, that's all these guys do is lift weights, eat, run, and watch film and study the game. So I do love watching NFL. Another thing, like you just said, okay, NCAA every week counts, and I agree with you there. And it's true when your team is playing a big game, you want to watch that game. But when your team team's playing South Alabama or whatever the hell, <laughs> Chattanooga State, you really going to sit down and dedicate a Saturday to that game? No, because you know it's in the bag. NFL, I'm going to check out what's going on because Falcons could play the Browns, and these guys are still NFL players. Yeah. The Browns could pull, pull one out. I, I agree there. So... I could sit there on Sunday, like I said earlier, and watch each game because you never know what's going on. They don't have an NCAA red zone because mm-hmm. half the games people aren't paying attention to. You're paying attention to the top five to ten games going on. NFL red zone, you're watching that because each team can be each team, and then you're seeing as the clock's winding down, okay, who's up? Oh, crap, I need I need to watch this because – this team's about to upset the other team. So that's what I love about the NFL is, no, every game doesn't necessarily matter, but every game is anybody's game because all these guys are at the top of their level. But I'll give you that. College has the pageantry. The You know, you got the dog walk and everything. You don't see the Falcons players walking through the crowd, going into the stadium. <laughs> no. So I will say, college can get some more emotion out of you yeah like it, it does it raises your own emotions and you're more involved and the players do just seem more accepts accessible and you're in that whole atmosphere and it's intoxicating to be there whereas nfl yeah you're going to watch these professionals do their job and go home but to me i just it's it's the talent difference and the fact that every game has talent in it and Again, we know people who, who think like I do. We know people who think like you do. One way is not right or wrong. Yeah. I just know we've had this conversation before, and we've kind of touched on it, but I wanted to get into it of why I always say you're the college guy, and we always say I'm the NFL guy because we've had this argument for probably the last 10 years. Yeah. And yeah. it's never going to change, and you would go to an NFL game in the drop of a hat. Hell, I still love going to college games. Not like we don't like the other one. There's just a little different thought process onto which one's better. So that being said, I still hope to make it to a Georgia game this year. Still hope to make it to a Falcons game. I know you're, you're doing the same. Mm-hmm. So any last thoughts? No, I mean, I kind of like, uh, 
us being able to go back and forth on that topic. Yeah. Like I, like you said, like yeah, we've been arguing this and <laughs> yeah, really about ten years. Yes. Yeah, and uh, I'm glad we can bring it forth to our listeners. Help. Let so. us know our opinions on it. All right, so let's go ahead close this thing out. That was our last call. KK, tell the people where they can find us. All right, man, follow us on Twitter at Ballers on Tap. Also find us on the iTunes podcast app. Sure, search for us, Ballers on Tap. And for you Android folks, follow us on Stitcher. Just look us up. And for the website, website www.ballersontap.com. That's calm for those of you who don't know. So, that being said, any parting words? Speak now or forever. Hold your peace. Uh, I go by KK and I hit dingers. I'm going to leave it to him this week. Thank you for listening, everybody. This was Ballers on Tap. <laughs>